0: Welcome to Culture Vulture. Kia ora everybody. Kia ora, everyone. Now, as promised, Liv and I are here with a very short review um, upon listening to Ed Sheeran's
1: latest album. I know it's the review you've all been waiting for, so we thought we would give it to you. We thought
0: we'd pop it in front of the um episode we did about what has
1: happened to Ed Sheeran, because honestly... It still stands, doesn't it? We stand by what has happened to Ed Sheeran because this latest album has just sort of reiterated everything that we say within the podcast. In this episode. So, Liv, thoughts on Equals. Okay, my thoughts on Equals. I'm just going to give a few brief thoughts, not going to go into much detail, but I just thought that it had totally lost any rawness Mm. that Ed had. Like even production wise. Yes. Nothing more whatsoever. And I think because of that it's like created this very unmemorable Mm. experience. Um, I thought it was just a whole lot of songs trying to be certain songs Mm. and because they were trying so hard to be a certain song they just turned into nothing songs.
0: Yeah. Um, I just yeah
1: not many of them memorable. Yeah not at all. I mean there was a lyric in the first song Tides which I think just sums up the entire album. So um, Ed says, I lost the confidence in who I was, too busy trying to chase the high and get the numbers up. And, oh, he shouldn't be talking past tense because he's well, still doing no, it. No, this is the thing, because you know how in the podcast we talk about him manifesting his worst fear of, like, turning into an industry standard? Yeah. And he's doing the exact same thing. This album literally showcases that he has become someone that is chasing the numbers. Yes. And therefore making music that is just... Mm. Mm. Now, there's one
0: song on there that did sort of stand out, not even as in, like, add it to your playlist type of song, but yeah. one unique one. And uh, and did you agree? Sandman.
1: Sandman. I mean, when I first heard it, I was like, is this a children's? Well, it's a lullaby for his Well, daughter. yeah, it absolutely is. But yeah, it was sort of the only spot of uniqueness.
0: I know. Now, Collide is not
1: a good song, but it sounds like a bootleg version of um, Falling by Harry Styles. Yeah, no, that's very funny. I'm gonna have to listen to it again, knowing Knowing. this information. And it's funny because I told Liv this and she said that's really funny because Falling and then Collide, like
0: both sort of words about (laughs) like (laughs)
1: crashing. Yes, like you're falling together,
0: you're colliding. One interesting thing about the album is that um, his brother Mother, Matthew arranged the strings on a couple of songs. <laughs> well, that's lovely. Yeah. Didn't even realize he
1: had a brother. Well, but did
0: I. Yeah. So, as you're listening to this podcast, maybe go and listen to the album afterwards, or maybe don't, because honestly, um, you're better off going and listening to his like brilliant work in his earlier stuff. I do agree. But as always, let us know if it's your favourite album yet of Ed's. Yes, and. Um, we might have got it wrong, so let us know and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Kia ora everyone,
1: welcome to another edition of Culture Vulture. Kia ora, kia ora Luz, how are you today? I'm really excited, nervous. So am I. Guys, I get really nervous before podcasting recordings. Yeah, I mean, I know we sound like
0: naturals, but me and Liv are so antsy. Like, we're at home in lockdown right now, and it's 11am, and this whole morning we've both been sort of like... Uh, should we record now like
1: you prepared? Are you prepared? I'm constantly like Liv, you're going to be so much more prepared than me Look, I'm sorry in advance but I know I know but I think I think we're good. We've got quite a fun subject matter today. Quite a hilarious subject matter. So today we're talking about Ed Sheeran and What has happened to Ed Sheeran's music? So funny. When I was doing the art for this, I felt like I was writing a little tabloid. Like, what has happened to Ed? Like, as though he has... As though something
0: terrible has happened to him. Yeah, as though
1: something terrible has happened to him. But that's not the case at all. We're talking about his music here. Yeah, we love love Ed Sheeran. He's just the sweet, he seems like the sweetest guy. Oh, absolutely. Super, super genuine. Super down to earth. I'd love to go for a beer with him down the pub. Same. Well,
0: the pub that he has on his house, on his estate. What, he has his own pub. So you know how Michael Jackson, I don't know if we should be talking about him, Mm -hmm. but had Neverland. Mm Mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran has a version of that called, like, it's not called Sheeran Land. I've sort of called it Sheeran Land from an article I read. But basically, he's got, like, tree houses, all these houses, like, a pond, a gym, a pool, and a fucking pub, like, on his land. I'm actually, I wasn't going to bring this up now, but it feels really fishing that we bring it up now. Yeah. So, um, basically, he has a pub, and mm-hmm. someone asked him about it, and he said it's called the Lancaster Lock. And he said, yes, we still have the pub and I know it's fucking weird to have a pub in your garden but if my mates come round, we can eat in the pub and then if they want to carry on, I can just leave them there and go back to the main house. I like that separation. So he's got this big lodge, like,
1: not even lodge, like, huge fucking estate. I think I forget that celebrities... A rich as fuck. Yeah. Like I think I forget that they have so much money that they don't know what to do with it. That they're making their own backyard pub. And I Literally. mean, like, quite a cute thing to do with your for mate. your mates. Yeah, as well. Like we know he loves pubs. Absolutely, he's English. Yeah, they like, all love pubs. Get it,
0: Ed, absolutely. But essentially, live like this isn't us bagging on Ed Sheeran. No, it's us being really upset that his music has gone from like you know, the man and grade eight, like top tier, really good music. Well, in
1: my humble opinion, two, my bad habits, like just no, I'm sorry. Oh, I know. I just feel like he's trying to be Justin Bieber without being Justin Bieber. I don't know, we will go into that. I know, but
0: really it's a conversation about what happens when you've built your career on being the underdog and you're no longer the underdog
1: and you can't rest on that. Who are you? Absolutely, I think that's what it comes down to and, like, fuck trying to find your music identity in the public eye. Like, no, it'd be so hard. Difficult. And he's a dad now and, like, he loves New Zealand. Like,
0: I just think we need to keep coming back to the fact we love Ed, his music has gone in the loo. (laughs)
1: so today we are going to talk about Ed's evolution and it was quite funny when I was sort of going through his albums because there's very specific like Ed personas Mm -hmm. that come out throughout each album and I think it shows a lot about the music industry and the pressures put on musicians to please their audiences, but then also change to not make their music stale. Mm. It's really interesting. But Lucy, I want to ask you first, what was your first memory of Ed?
0: Definitely. <laughs> like we're at a funeral. I know. First memory of Ed, now that his music is dead. <laughs> um, certainly um, the A-Team, I think for a lot of people that mm-hmm. was... The entry to Ed but then I downloaded onto my little I had this like pink mp3 player that you I had to go on LimeWire and like yeah. download his album yeah and I was camping with my family and I was having a real teenager moment like I would yeah. go for walks and just like listen to Ed Sheeran and like I don't know I thought I was discovering him it was pretty early on in his career but I certainly wasn't I'm not gonna sit here and be one of those people that was like I knew him before he was big I didn't but I really really loved
1: Plus, I loved that album. I just loved it. Oh, absolutely! Eighteen was definitely my first memory of him. I remember like being at this pool party in year eleven or something, mm. and it was playing, and it was just the rage. I remember yeah. it really grabbed our school. God, it was beautiful, stunning, absolutely stunning. But. My brother was also a huge mm. Ed Sheeran fan. He's a couple years older than me, and he played guitar and has red hair, so obviously... Oh, <laughs> he
0: basically was Ed Sheeran. He, no, was. he could be the new Ed. He
1: even had, like, the multiply flag up in his bedroom, like, above his bed. Ed he, nation. That
0: yeah. was his nation.
1: No, absolutely. Like, honestly, he was, he was obsessed, and I think it filtered down to me mm. a little bit, and I yeah. used to listen to Ed in the vineyards yeah. when I was a teenager, but yeah, really... Soft spots for Ed, mm. oh my god, every every song
0: from like the first two albums that we heard, Plus and Multiply, Multiply,
1: just nostalgic. Oh, so nostalgic, and I think that's what makes it quite painful hearing Bad Habits and Shivers. Oh, you but get shivers from the Bad Habits not that are showing from
0: his new music habits. And funny, me and Liv were both listening to Bad Habits and Shivers, and both of us listened to shivers thinking it was bad habits or bad habits thinking it was shivers because they sounded so
1: similar honestly i was listening to shivers and then i was like okay i'm gonna now listen to bad habits and then i was like halfway through oh no sorry like i meant to listen to bad habits but i was anyway i think it just says a lot yeah should we start off with where Ed started yes okay perfect so his album plus came out in 2011 um, yeah. We're aware that this isn't where he fully no. started.
0: He had some EPs and some beautiful music. But totally. for the mainstream, we're not here to be snobs about music. For us, this is where he
1: Absolutely. Started. We're going to go with his studio albums because Absolutely. we need to be quick fire with this. But <laughs> yeah. basically, I feel like his whole brand, even though it's kind of fucked up talking about him as a brand because I feel like it was a very authentic thing for totally. him, um, was very much like... The homeless singer-songwriter, Ed. Like, this he is... had a song called Homeless. Yes. It's not a homeless life for me. Like, and sofa, break. like living on people's sofas. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like your mate that was trying to make it, that didn't have much support from their parents. Like he was just like out there on his own, mm-hmm. busking, like doing all of that shit that people with big dreams have. And he was really throwing himself into that world. And I think that because he started there... That's where we all related to him as someone that we could know or could be. And he's
0: like, you know, on stage, he was still wearing just whatever the fuck he wanted, baggy jeans,
1: like just his cute little plus guitar that I was obsessed with. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, here is like homeless singer-songwriter Ed, obsessed with Damien Rice,
0: you know, a little bit
1: folksy, very, I don't know, tongue in cheek almost. And then we also see a little bit of his rapper self starting to come out in this album with tracks like You and I and You Need Me Man, I Don't Need You. Mm. Now, a huge theme of this album was his relationship with the music industry and how he wanted to break into the music industry, but he was also very cynical about it.
0: I won't be a product of the genre. My mind will always be stronger than my songs are. Never believe the bullshit that fake guys feed to you. Like, he, you need me, man, I don't need you, was his brand then. Um, I'll keep my last name forever, keep the genre pretty basic, going to be breaking into other people's tunes when I chase it. And then he says, I'm still the same as a year ago, but more people hear me, though, according to the MySpace and YouTube videos. And it's so interesting because he was being so honest here. Like, he, I, I imagine that on his come up, when he was getting more views on his MySpace and YouTube videos, he was still the same as a year a year ago. Yeah. And, he was, and he was still, like, probably wasn't fucking couch surfing. Like, you know, he was. But I feel like You Need Me Man, I Don't Need You was still honest. Oh, like a few years after it was
1: released. Absolutely, absolutely. I just feel like it's so interesting that this is where we start off with Ed. You know, he's really sold as that relatable guy next door. How could with the songs This and Wake Me Up, And fucking
0: give me love and grade eight and you and I, like this album. I love his melodic rapping. Honestly,
1: it's fucking beautiful. Same, I love it too, and he gets so much shit for it. I know. Because he says, I'm not a rapper, I'm a singer with the flow. It's like, it's bro, like, you are
0: a rapper. So we've right.
1: got gorgeous, sort of homeless, humble Ed. We love him. Vo five wax for his ginger hair. Absolutely, he's just woken up. He hasn't showered. He's straight on stage. Yeah, straight you know, on he's, stage. He's and we're out there it. absolutely with a beer with yeah. all the band afterwards. Blah Seen blah blah it. blah blah. And then in between his album plus and his next sophomore album, if mm. you'd like, um, multiply. There was a number five collaborations project that came out. I actually think it might have come out before his first studio album. Mm-hmm. And I'm just touching on this because I think it really shows his development with that rapping style that he mm-hmm. then brings into Multiply. So he I think you'd have to be a pretty hardcore Ed Sheeran fan to have listened to this album, but it sort of documents that rapping style is with as I just said, Um, but it's basically an album of Ed singing hooks to, like, UK-based grime rappers. Yes, I have heard this. Yeah, and it's... I feel like with Ed, it's a bit of an identity crisis in the fact that he loves this music, right? But
0: But it's not his genre. It's not his
1: genre. But he doesn't want to be
0: a product of any genre.
1: Absolutely. So So we've got a
0: crisis at hand.
1: Yeah, and it comes to now his muddied identity and we can Mm. like see where this has all come from. Yeah, he had collaborations with people like P Money. And Tiny Temper. Did he have some with Tiny Timper? I don't think Tiny Temper was on the album but he, mu- he might have He's always a had that sort of, like, I mean,
0: Stormzy comes in later as well. He he. You know, you can see who he wants to be. Absolutely. Or who he
1: thinks he wants to be. Yes. And and this is the thing with Ed. And I mean, like, he's English. He would have been around all of this, like, grime, yeah. London, underground rap mm-hmm. stuff, which is really fucking cool. And there's Fuck some yeah. amazing, amazing rappers that have come out of that. But it's just an interesting combination of Ed's folksy sort of singer-songwriter shit yeah. with that. And then I think he does really, really well with his next album, Multiply, um, which is my personal favorite. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I just think it's the most nostalgic for me. I love the tracks Nina. I love the track The Man. I love The Man. I love The Man. I think it's really, really good. Is Bloodstream on this one? Bloodstream is on this. I miss. Like, Mm, some really fucking good shit. So here his singer with a flow thing really Mm. takes flight he channels the frustration and inner turmoil of songs from his previous album like you and I and you need me man I don't need you into those songs like the man and Mm. take it back but it's a little bit more crafted this time Mm. I feel um and then he even goes into that more commercialized zone with songs like don't which I still really liked Mm -hmm. um but that's about Ali Goulding as well yes with that song it's always like I don't think that's what girls mean when they want a guy to write a song about them. No, no, I don't. Don't fuck with my love. Yeah.
0: Also, interesting that you're talking about how it feels a bit more crafted because mm-hmm. in "Take It Back," the song where he talks about being not a rapper but a singer with the flow, he one of the lines is "Watch how I sit on the rhythm, prisoner with a vision, signs of a label, but didn't listen to any criticism." So he's obviously like having this still this turmoil of turmoil of like. I've got a label and I'm quite famous now, but I'm still not going to listen to your criticism because I still want to be me. But it's like, this is where we start to see he still wants to be him, but he's got commercial success. So it's like, we can't take as seriously that you are just... You know, like, this guy living on couches that's rapping for fun
1: and he's not, like... And it's just so interesting because there's such strong themes of, like, staying himself. He's obviously a bit insecure that he's not going to stay himself. I know. And he's almost trying to, like, convince himself that he is staying himself. Rhyming over recordings, avoiding tradition.
0: That's probably his main thing. Because every day, some lyrics and a melody could be written. Like, he's still trying not to be like everybody else. It's really funny, guys. The way that me and Liv have planned this, I'm not just pulling lyrics out of my ass. (laughs) Is that she's, like, done the evolution and I found lyrics to sort of match it and back it up. Listen to some more lyrics from Take It Back. I'm never having a stylist giving me tight jeans. Madison Square Garden is where I might be. But more likely, you'll find me in the back room of a dive bar with my mates, having a pint with McDade, discussing records we made, and every single second knowing that we'd never betray the way we were raised, remembering our background, sat down. That's how we planned it out. So it's really sad because here,
1: he's still still, in. I just feel like he's he's manifested his biggest fears. I know. Like you can
0: hear his fears here. Like he wants to be sitting in a dive bar, thinking about how he never succumbed to the pressure of the industry and he never released shit music. And then I'm sitting here with bad habits, like the music video burned into my brain of him as a vampire. And I'm just
1: like, it's just like, how did this happen? How did this happen? And this is what we're trying to uncover, right? But also, Soppy Ed starts to sort of come out on this album a little bit. Um, Songs such as Tenerife Sea, which is Mm. actually um, rumored to be about Taylor Swift. TS. One Fan theories. Yeah, literally. One and Thinking Out Loud um, comes out on Multiply. So romance and love are not new themes for Ed's work. I mean, as we said before, songs like Kiss Me, Give Me Love, super beautiful. I was listening to them back, though, and they're less commercialized Mm. than thinking out loud oh
0: hell yeah and tanner
1: fc like he's just teetered on they still had a little bit
0: of edge yeah i find it really interesting i didn't expect you to say that multiply was your favorite album but of course it has such we were old enough to really take it and it's very nostalgic because plus is hands that's where my nostalgia with ed sits yeah but i can so see what you're saying is like multiply is like the last good sort of Product Full we product we got from
1: we got from Ed. Absolutely, so absolutely. But you did see this sort of commercialisation start to creep start in. start to creep in. You can watch it. Yeah, it's very interesting because I feel like Thinking Out Loud is like cheesily romantic. It's like the sort of song that would be overplayed I at hate thinking a out wedding. Out loud. Yeah, yeah I well, just, it has been,
0: hasn't it? It's absolutely. grown up to become its worst fear. Yeah.
1: I mean, It's no, overplayed at no a wedding. Okay, if, no, you, if had you had it at your wedding, I mean, I mean, beautiful. beautiful, beautiful wedding. You just wouldn't have been the only. Congrats. One. Yeah. Hope you have a happy life.
0: Yeah, same. You deserve the world. <laughs> okay, so can finally. we move on to Yes. Um Divide?
1: Yeah, and then I think divide is where it all starts to go downhill. Divide is where there's more bad ones than good yes, ones. That's yes. That's like the the sort of change. Yeah, you're so right. Plus, all good. Like literally mm. you can listen through every single one. I'm like, oh, yeah. yes, this is really fucking fantastic. And then multiplied there's a little bit of this sort of mm, he's sort of like it's pretty
0: good most of it's good yeah. and then you're sort of like oh that one was a bit of a mess
1: yeah and then now with divide we were really excited for this album's release i know we were living together in uni at the time yeah yeah so this album was released in 2017 mm. um and sophie ed absolutely took over in this album i mean he did have his first track of razor was like the last of the self-awareness around him in the music industry. And I feel like... Have you got any lyrics from this? I do. So in Eraser, he says,
0: Guess it's a stereotypical day for someone like me without a nine-to-five job or a uni degree to be caught up in the trappings of the industry. Show me the locked doors. I'll find another use for the key. And so he's like, no. He, sort of, he says it's a typical day for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's caught up in the trappings of the industry, but he's still like... I'm going to find a different way. I'm going to find a different way. And and I still like Eraser, but it makes me really sad. It
1: does, because it's like he's self-aware enough to see that his music is becoming more commercialized mm. and is he is manifesting that sort of fear that he mm. had of becoming someone that he didn't want to be. I actually think with this album, it's a little bit sad
0: because he's still trying to hold on to... Um, him being the underdog. He Mm. says twice. So in, in Eraser, he says that he hasn't got a uni degree. And then his whole song, What Do I Know, in the chorus is... I'm just a boy with a one man show, no university, no degree. And it's like he's trying to hold that one bit that makes him
1: relatable that he right? hasn't got a uni degree. Like, big fucking words. You don't like, have you have to don't, write two songs about it. You don't have a uni degree, but you have fucking millions and millions yes. of record sales. Yes. Really interesting. Because mm. that is his identity. I know. And he must be having a major identity crisis. And because now he's
0: a father and like he's really grown up into this new world that he probably doesn't want his kid to grow into oh, and like. Right? I know. So interesting. And and okay, just a little just a little moment to, to say that he still is very much like the same Ed. Literally in an article I just read, he was talking about how he hates award ceremonies, yep. um, because ev- like everyone's just fighting, everyone's uncomfortable, like it's it's a lot of people wanting other people to fail and he doesn't like that. He's also just talked about how he hates LA and he wouldn't live in LA mm. because no one there is, like, there for themselves. And so he still is trying to live by his morals. He still has his morals. It's just not reflected
1: in his music. Totally. That's just super, super interesting because, yeah, any... Interview or any sort of video interview that I've seen of him, he comes across so 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 down to earth. Mm-hmm. In 2021, hell yeah, and he still is. He still is. It's just we're just talking about his music. It's, it's a real just shame. weird. I don't get it. And then he sort of in Divide, he also comes out with super super foxy tracks like Nancy Mulligan and Galway Girl, which and I just felt Vivier. yeah, ye, ye, ye be Ye or. <laughs>
0: No, I'm pissing. <laughs> but it is like yeah, or something. be <laughs> you. But yeah, super foxy stuff as well, which is so interesting.
1: I just felt like most of the tracks on this album were fillers. Mm. And that's when you know that it's turning to shite. No, divide created probably a divide. I actually went and fans. saw him live. For device, I
0: saw him live for Plus and Multiply, I How think. was he? Oh my god, Plus was the dream. Yeah. Oh, he was venue. great. He was fucking great. Was it quite intimate? Um, No, it was oh. in Wellington. Oh. And I think one was in Auckland. One, he was wearing an all-black shirt. And it was fucking oh, cute and Bless ad. him. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. We are fans of him. We I are, are. I mean, we're keen to
1: see him live. But we also see this sort of radio-ready ad- coming out to play in tracks like shape of you oh fuck yeah that was
0: kind of it
1: <laughs> yeah and like shape of you i actually don't mind as a song just not for it like didn't he write it for justin bieber or something yeah, and then or Rihanna? yeah. i'm pretty sure
0: there was a bunch of people that should have jumped on it and then someone was like to him no you should have this song because it's going to be so commercially successful right. which is again that's the trappings of the industry right yeah. there yeah
1: Exactly, and he said in interviews that he can get quite obsessed with analytics and Mm -hmm. things like that, and it's like, well, it just goes against everything that you've been saying in your first two albums. Exactly. And this is what happens when you do get obsessed with analytics. I mean, we're in the content creation industry, like music. And
0: we have to actively try not to look at analytics with Instagram. I never want to tailor shit to what the mainstream wants, so I really try and not look at them, but... I'm not fucking Ed Sheeran. Of course he's looking at album sales
1: and, like, music downloads. Absolutely. And, like, you know, you do have to trust your gut, but it's pretty fucking hard. Oh, my God, When so he's hard. probably got the pressures of, like, so many people's jobs relying on him, right? Yes.
0: Also, side note, Ed Sheeran wrote two of One Direction's best songs, mm-hmm. Little Things and Over Again, which is severely underrated and is, like, my favorite song of theirs. I just feel like... And... Wait. Wait. What? And... Okay, I'm taking that back. Over again, isn't their best song? Moments. One Direction's best song, Moments. The most beautiful song was written by Ed Sheeran. Just oh. I don't know why. We just need to say that. I mean, he really can crazy.
1: tap into that beautifully sort of soppy, mm. lovely shit that we do like to hear every yeah. now and then. But he also wrote Liam Payne's song Strip That. No, down. he did not. Yes, no, he, he, he did
0: not. Oh, he did. And now when the music subs and maybe strip that down for me. He did. Yeah, well, actually, because that when it goes, <laughs> that sounds like no, it ain't my time to film it again. Yes. But, oh my God, Ed! Yeah. what's
1: gone on? What is happening what's here? What's gone? On? I mean, strip that down. Just take it. No, off. strip that down is the worst. Yeah, so this is sort of where we are left at the end of Divide Radio. Ready, Ed is really ready to take the industry by its bulls, which he does in Number Six collaborations. No. This was a threat to humanity. <laughs> Absolutely. He said he wrote this in a few weeks. His other albums took like four years each mm. to make, right? And this He's got one... this
0: 10-year plan of like five albums over 10 years that he's sticking to by releasing Equals later in this month. Anyway, continue. Like,
1: good on you. Delayed gratification. Love it. But he... Like, super ambitious, but I feel like the ambition clouds the quality yeah. of the music. Yeah. So this album was released sort of smack bang in the middle of Divide and when... Bad habits and shivers are coming out. So, this was 2019, Mm. and I feel like it really bridges that gap between the foxy, soppy ad that we see in Divide and the top 40 totally commercialized ad that we're seeing. This whole album is a radio
0: album. Yes. Absolutely. Like, like so this is I don't care with Justin Bieber era, isn't yeah, it? Yeah.
1: And that was by far the most successful song off the album. The other songs I think are all a bit lackluster. He had a collaboration with Khalid which did yeah. quite well. Um But it wasn't
0: that good. Come His on. one with Camilla Cabello, who like Camilla Cabello already I she's very talented. Mm-hmm. Her voice she riffs too much for yeah. the for the ear. Yeah. For not my vibe. Not my vibe. But, my vibe. but I'm sure yet, she's a lot of Camilla. people, but Absolutely. but it literally had the lyrics. I love her hips, curves, lips say the words, "ti amo, mami, ti amo, mami. Like, this, I remember hearing this. I was living in Colombia when yeah. I heard this, so I was, like, full surrounded by the Spanish language. It's a fucking beautiful language. Absolutely. But when I was just hearing him singing, te amo, mami, te amo, mami, I remember thinking, I'm having just a like fucking warped experience right now. Oh, because Ed Sheeran, it's coming. Ed Sheeran, coming out of Sheeran Ed Spanish, Sheeran I'm in Colombia,
1: Camilla Cabal, like I don't know. Like what's happening here, it's all very muddy. No. Absolutely. I mean, he gets Yebba on the album, which <gasps> is we are obsessed soul. with. Like one of the best singers of our generation. And then, okay. Travis uh, Scott. Stormzy. Oh, Stormzy. Stormzy, Stormzy? Yep. yeah.
0: Um, Remember my name with Ed with. Eminem, but it's like he's still trying, it's like he's a little bit clouded here because some of the lyrics in this is 20 years old is when I came in the game, and now it's 8 years on, and you remember the name and if you thought I was good, well then I'm better today no you're not, but it's ironic how you people thought I'd never be great, it's like he's still a little bit, he's thinking he's better today than he was, there's
1: this insecurity
0: yeah that's an insecure verse,
1: there's layers and then, I don't care when I'm with my baby. baby, yeah. That's just like commercial music for commercial music sake. Mm. You know that people are going to pick that up because it's repetitive. It's somewhat catchy, but it's actually... And it's two huge Sleep singing it. Absolutely. It's just shit. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, very interesting. That whole thing, not a fan. And then now we are here today, 2021. Bad Habits have been released. Shivers has been released. And they're the reason we're having this whole conversation because yes. me and Liv listened to Bad
0: Habits. We were like, oh my God, new Ed Sheeran. We've been waiting. Can't wait to see it. And then we listened to it and we were just like, what Has happened. What's
1: happened? It could be sung by anyone. I don't hear Ed here at all. Like, even the production, it's so flawless in the sense of it's so slick. And his voice sounds higher, like, pitched up than usual or It honestly sounds like Justin Bieber. I know. I think he's, like, got this obsession with, like, trying to crack it. Mm. And it's like, Ed, you cracked it before. Like, this is what we love about you. But this is a really interesting conversation to have because it's like, do we not let artists evolve in the way that they want to evolve which we absolutely should but here it just feels like he's evolved money into something that he didn't
0: want to and he spoke about that so like often in his old and music. so freely I in know. his own music it's really interesting so ed did a big interview with um british gq mm-hmm. now This was a really, really brilliant interview. It was written by Jonathan Heath, who was the one that wrote about that Harry Styles or One Direction concert where he said, Young women turn into screaming banshees. Right. So I really dislike this man. He's a great features writer about music. He's great. Right. And it hurts me to say that because I, I disagree with him so much about the way he treats young women, being fans of things. Anyway, just putting that out there. When he spoke to Ed Sheeran about coming out with new music in 2021, Mm -hmm. they talk about how every year there's a new artist who's like more exciting. And then um, Ed Sheeran goes, yeah, I can name them. And then at this point, Ed Sheeran starts counting off all these artists. So he says, in 2012, it was Emily Sanday. In Mm -hmm. 2013, it was Lord. In 2014, it was Sam Smith. 2015, it was James Bay." 2016, it was Reagan and Bone Man. 2017, Stormzy. 2018, it was probably Billie Eilish. 2019, it was Lewis Capaldi. And 2020, it was Olivia Rodrigo. Every year, there's a new person who's the biggest thing. And me, being someone who has released a lot, you know, I'm no longer exciting. So you have to find ways to make people more excited by you. He has internalized this so
1: much to the point where he's listing off his competitors. And he can do it year by year. And security. And I'm sad yeah. for him. I know. Because it it's just like... You are great, and your shit is great. You're overthinking. You can tell when a product's been overthought. He's... And you can tell when there's been too many hands on a product. And also, it's really interesting that
0: he's overthinking it this much, yet that's not even how the public sees it. Like, Bad Habits has been the longest-running number one hit in the UK since Dance Monkey in 2019. And it's about to be knocked off its number one by shivers. He's upping himself
1: but i don't get why. like isn't this so interesting that we're sat here talking about how no like people love you for your old shit but obviously we're still gonna buy and listen to the new shit but you know what's that whole thing about like what is success to you like what does ed want does he want good really fucking good music that is going to be absolutely adored by maybe a smaller like group of people mm. Or do you want it to be super mainstream and commercially successful because, you know, whoever is listening to Top 40 at the time is going to listen to it and you're on all of the Spotify playlists and blah, 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 blah. Mm. But people aren't actually connecting to it. I feel like Ed would want the, the people to
0: connect, the musicians, to right. really be like, that's beautiful. Like how Lord was like, I wrote this album for musicians. I would expect Ed to do something like that.
1: Absolutely. Do you think it's like, you know, his idols are Damien Rice, Bob Dylan, those sort of people in that time because of the way that the music industry was run these people were creating amazing music but it was also the biggest thing at the time because we didn't have Mm. you know radio like it is today we didn't have streaming services we weren't attention spans weren't so short that we needed sugar 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 all the time like you can't compare that success with like trying to recreate that success because that's not the way that the, the world is anymore. Now. I know. And it's I mean it's that whole thing of like
0: he came up as the underdog and it yeah. was his whole thing and it really reminded me of Sally Rooney's latest book and how she writes about how hard it is to be an author now because she's she can't write about relatable experiences cuz she no longer has
1: them cuz she's famous. Absolutely. It's like his whole aesthetic, his whole branding, his whole music entirety of what he is relied on the fact that he was this up and coming guy mm-hmm. who slept on his friend's couches that was everything to do with how he portrayed himself in mm-hmm. his music and he's no longer that guy because obviously he's no longer that guy he's a millionaire yeah. he's got a fucking personal bar like yeah. he's not that guy anymore so it's like who is he and I don't know no and and I, I think his music
0: shows that he doesn't really know either because these these two songs are just that just not Ed, everything he was against, I think it's really interesting. I mean, I think we've gone over most of, especially what I needed to Mm. say, except for that I fucking love him. Like,
1: I love Ed Sheeran. He is great, yeah. And like, totally all for artistic evolution, but there's a difference between exploration and
0: it's sort of selling out yeah. or selling in. And and like we were talking before we got a mic about, does this just happen to all artists? But no, you can, you can be an unknown artist and get famous and still be great. And keep your artistic integrity. Yeah. So he said at the end of this interview with, um, in British GQ that I keep referring to, it's really interesting. The last question is, um, have you ever had a recurring dream? Mm. And Ed Sheeran says... Yeah, I dream that I get shot in the head every single night. I can't explain it. Literally, I close my eyes, I'm falling asleep, and then it happens. Every night. Weird, huh? I don't go to therapy, but if I did, I'm sure the therapist would have a lot to say about that. And it's just like, it's so interesting, because I feel like his subconscious is really speaking louder than his lyrics yeah. right now. Yeah, that's I know. so
1: interesting and he doesn't want
0: to look into it it's
1: like he's getting shot off his pedestal i know
0: and it's just between that i mean this is a great i'll link this piece in the show notes show notes because it's great i mean between that and him being able to list off the biggest artists of every single year since his come up is just it's worrying it's quite telling about how the industry can
1: make you so self-aware and he's always like talking about i know what is it I'm well aware of certain things that may destroy I'm a well man aware like me.
0: certain things that may befall a man like yes. me. Yes.
1: And then he's like always talking about alcohol as a crutch. And then really interesting, he was talking to Zane Lowe mm. in one of the Apple interviews, mm-hmm. Apple music interviews. And he was saying that like, he had this moment of realization after divide that it was like, I'm 28. This is probably as big as I'm ever going to mm-hmm. be. And it's all downhill from here, which isn't true at all. Like it's definitely not necessarily true, but it's, just showing that his fears of being irrelevant are overtaking Yeah, his love for music and creating it. Yeah. Like, if you really loved music. I get
0: that you're tired from tour and you need to take time off. But, like, wouldn't you just keep releasing it, like, because you love to make it? Yeah. It just must. Or just stop releasing it. Don't. Go for the, oh, I'll just release commercially successful stuff.
1: So interesting. And what I also find really interesting is, you know, he's always like, you need me, man. I don't need you with the music industry and the gatekeepers. But now he is the music industry. Like, Mm. he is the guy that people are getting to come into writing sessions. Mm. He's the guy that can be like, yeah, come on my album. Eminem, come on my album. Stormzy, come on my album. Like, he is now the industry Mm. that he once was like, man, I'm not going to be... Yeah. part of
0: that and it's interesting because it's like he sort of had some options if he came up and was in this industry that he was writing about really not wanting to be like he could have changed it like he could have tried to change it because he's come into it and now yeah. he is it but instead it changed him it changed
1: him and like I've never been in the fucking music industry I don't know what the pressures are like maybe I'd be changed oh my straight God. off the bat but, I mean yeah but um, it's just so
0: interesting because yeah. i just don't know i hate it when people say why is no one talking about this i hate that line because people often are yep. it's just you're you're not hearing their voices because they're often marginalized or just you know muted totally but i really feel like where is the dialogue about Ed Sheeran's <laughs> music. This obviously the most important no. thing going on in the world right now. It's so interesting. I was trying to find any, like, smart think pieces about yes. this. And I truly couldn't. And I thought it might have been a marketing tactic that his latest song was called Bad Habits. Because every time I typed in Ed Sheeran bad to try and find articles about maybe him being bad now it just came up with bad habits and i thought that's, that's genius clever. but then i don't know if that's just my brain always in the like how are we gonna market this well like yeah. world
1: but honestly did you also say that anna Sophia rob is in shivers the oh my music god video? no i didn't watch the music video bad habits sort of scarred me <laughs> I know, bad habits i couldn't really get through shivers is almost quite funny oh okay. like i see he's almost like trying to go over the top mm. to be like i don't know whether it's a piss take. Yeah. I don't know. Neither do do I. I I mean he's so cute and and if he wants to come on Culture Vulture and sort of plead his case. Absolutely. Please do. All ears. Like I would love to have this conversation with Ed over a beer. Same. At his personal bar. I would literally
0: love to know why he's releasing the songs he's releasing and it could be some genius like it's all a fucking metaphor of the world and the fact that you guys are listening anyway is like I'm gonna write a whole album about how I released this shitty album yeah, and y'all all listened
1: anyway. But I don't think that's what he's doing. But I, I hope it is. And I'm excited to hear the full album. Same. I'm, I'm really excited to I, hear the full album. Yeah, I also heard that he... Because didn't he release Sing mm. um, as the sort of single track, first single track off of Multiply? And he said he did that because it's so different from the rest mm. of the album. And he said to Zane Lowe that, like... He's doing the same thing. He's doing the same thing. So it's like, you think you're getting a certain album, but you're actually not. I hope so.
0: I mean, I really hope Shivers and Bad Habits are the outliers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I'm feeling like it's going to be more of a divide than a plus. I agree. That was not even meant to be like a pun because I don't think yeah. that worked. But it did. It, it might be more of a divide of the people's opinions than a plus. It's a really good. Oh my, oh my gosh.
1: Imagine if this whole podcast was like a marketing tactic. I know Sheeran. It's not, by it's the way. It's not. Well,
0: we've been dragging <laughs> the guy pretty hard. Yeah, We're not but the guy. It would make you
1: want to listen mm. just out of
0: curiosity. Anyway, if you have thoughts, which I'm sure you do, or maybe you don't and you just agree with us completely, or we've swayed you into thinking, yeah, his music's not that good anymore, please do come and let us know. We have a Discord server. We have a newsletter every
1: morning that you can reply to because I do respond to your emails. It is a great newsletter. Lucy gets up at 6am every morning to get that personally into your inbox. I love it.
0: You can also come to the Instagram. I don't know. You can leave a review on the podcast. Also, the Shit Show podcast is coming back weekly this week. I'm very excited. I'm hosting it with my older brother, Nick. It's going to be the internet and the world summed up for you in very easy headlines because... No one's got time to do the work, so we'll just sort of do it for you. Absolutely. And Liv, thank you for jumping on mic with me this week to talk about Ed Sheeran. Thank
1: you again for another music industry commentary. It's my favorite thing to discuss. Next (laughs) week, it will be Sex Education. Yes. So excited. You guys should go and finish season three of Sex Education so that you can come and analyze the shit out of it with us. We're very excited. So excited. We will be in your ears next week, team. We'll
0: See you then. Bye.